Hi, we are here today with a very special treat. Uh, We're interviewing Robin Stewart Hall. Uh, You are the former VP and design and architecture at Knott's Berry Farm. Is that correct? Uh, That's correct. Oh, all right. Um, Can you give us uh, some details on how you started out in the theme park industry? Um, Certainly. I started at uh, Magic Mountain as uh, looking for a summer job. And I was hired as a contractor to do a little work on a theater in the Showcase Theater out there. Um, They were putting together a show for a group called the King Family. And I went there right from CalArts, right before I graduated, and started painting the set and screwing in light bulbs and doing all that kind of stuff. And I figured Magic Mountain looked like a fun place for a summer job and um so i i tried to figure out what to do because this was just working for a guy named peter foy who was building this set mm-hmm. and i went and applied and uh they heard i was an artist so they hired me into merchandise to cut silhouettes of people mm-hmm. and um I was a pretty shy fellow and did not really enjoy that very much. Mm. And um, luckily for me, the stage manager at the time in the theater decided to uh, threaten the entertainment director. Mm. (laughs) And so he was fired, and I was the only one that they knew of that knew how to run this set piece because it was very involved in elevators and tracked up and down stage and... Uh, was for a big production show. Mm-hmm. So I came over there and worked for a while uh, running this set. I had no musical ability whatsoever. And so the dancers uh, that were in the show would hit me on the shoulder so I would press the buttons so the elevators would go up at the right timing and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then I worked Dancing Waters for a little bit. And the way I got in really into the theme park business uh, beyond this um, kind of exercise, was when they went to the winter season, they cut back my hours, and I was very happy making $2.10 an hour. Uh, and then when it was cut from uh, 40 hours to 32, I felt rather poor. Mm-hmm. So I started doing a, a weekly cartoon for them uh, sh- uh, featuring the entertainment that was uh, going to be happening each week weekend because they were only open on weekends Mm -hmm. and i got noticed from doing that cartoon and they the art director at that time uh went on a month's vacation to columbia and so they transferred me over from the entertainment division to the planning division as an assistant art coordinator to somebody i never met and never did meet and i was doing signs and um, uh, little fence details and things like that and they decided that I was pretty good at that I don't know why they decided <laughs> that but um, the art director uh, never returned and I grew that job into being art director for the whole park and um, working on designs for things like um Everything up to Colossus uh, were my projects, like Spillican Corners, 
which was a big crafts village. Um, the Revolution Coaster, which is the first steel loop roller coaster mm-hmm. in, in the West Coast, certainly. Mm-hmm. And Coney Island, I think they originally had a loop coaster. But anyway, um, so that's how I got into it. And then eventually I, I went and did some planning for the New Holland and Farming Company, uh, doing industrial buildings and shopping centers and house colors for their homes in Valencia. And the people that I'd worked with at Magic Mountain, um, the management anyway, moved down to Knott's Berry Farm. Mm. And they brought me down to uh, design what eventually became Camp Snoopy. Mm. And... So that's that's how I got to uh, Knott's Berry Farm, and since then I've just been doing uh, work all over the world, mostly in China <laughs> and the Middle East. So at Knott's Berry Farm, uh, you how long were you there at Knott's? I was uh, there for seventeen years. 17. I started as yeah, a long time. I started as a. Uh, um, art director and then became director and then vice president and blah, blah, blah. Um, What were, uh, after Camp Snoopy, uh, what were some of your projects that you got to do after that? I saw Kingdom of the Dinosaurs was one of them. Oh, Kingdom of the Dinosaurs. uh, We did Ghost Town Alive, which brought back most of the crafts into the Ghost Town area. Mm -hmm. And uh, we wrote you know, we did a lot more crafts than they'd originally had mm-hmm. and wrote scripts for them and trained UPS workers to be blacksmiths and mm-hmm. glass <laughs> glass blowers <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Now, not, then, um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, and then um, we just went about and revitalized Knott's Berry Farm because it had been... Uh, kind of languishing the last big project they'd done was sort of the roaring 20s rework and um, everything was relatively tired so we just went around the park um, upgrading things from Fiesta Village and adding the Jaguar roller coaster um, and the games buildings and things out there Uh, we had to do a lot of rework to all of the Bud Herbert attractions because they were really old and falling apart. Like we redid the mine ride and the log ride, and, um, all of what was then Fiesta Village. Mm. And just we did, let's see, the Whitewater um, Rapids, I think it was called. Yeah, Bigfoot uh, Rapids, I think it was first Yeah, called. Bigfoot Rapids is what it eventually became, yeah. We redid that, or we we built that and we did mystery lodge with uh uh brc imagination arts mm-hmm. and um i don't know just there was tons of work all the time and while that was going on at, at one point we also uh the president of the company wanted to uh use the snoopy characters uh as an outreach on different projects across the world. And so we did Mall of America, the uh, Knott's Camp Snoopy there. 
Uh, we did different plans for ones in China and Japan, and Taiwan. Oh, wow. uh, you know, so almost none of them got built. Yeah, exactly. Of, uh, <laughs> in Minnesota. Right. Now, uh, can we talk about Knott's Camp Snoopy for a moment? Uh, I, I went there as a child, and it's one of my most cherished childhood memories. I um, Unfortunately, it's Nickelodeon Universe now. But uh, back then, in 1992, it opened as Knott's Camp Snoopy. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the design of that and how that came about? Um, well, Terry Van Gorder, who was the president of uh, Knott's Berry Farm, was trying to get the family to think uh, bigger and leverage the fact that they had a you know, very successful theme park and get different properties. Mm-hmm. And that particular project, I think, came from uh, the developer, Melvin Simon, and the Gramatian brothers, which were a group that did the Edmonton Mall in Canada. They wanted to have some kind of entertainment component in this uh, mall that was being designed by John Jurdy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gramagian brothers uh, were not looked upon fondly by the uh, various financial investors, and this mall was a huge project, and so they wanted a name park to be uh, part of this. Mm-hmm. So they approached Knott's Berry Farm and um we did kind of a um a special deal with them where uh our investment was mostly in the design and uh, the licensing of the snoopy property mm-hmm. and terry um really believed in um water and landscape and designing things for children and that was the way to bring the whole family there and um it was much less about thrill rides and much more about trying to build environments and and places Mm -hmm. and he wanted to put this uh knott's camp snoopy product in the center of this mall and there was kind of a long thing back and forth um, with uh, Jerdy's office at that time because they were looking at a very sort of dynamic and uh, space. And we wanted a big contiguous space so we could have lots of landscapes and stream running through it, and all of that kind of stuff. And he kept wanting to put hotels in the middle and bridges going across it and all of that kind of stuff. And so most of the design time was eaten up and just getting one big large space. And we had a little less than kind of, I think it was just about a year we had to design it and, and get well under construction. And so I worked with a group that's no longer around, Hope Architects, out of uh, um, the San Diego area. And um, we hired them to be the architects, and I was the designer. And I used my staff at Knott's, uh, Tracy Caviola and... uh, 
Paul Eddy and uh, a couple of draftsmen uh, to set the design for everything. Mm-hmm. And then we'd send that down to Hope Architects and then it would come back and I would redline the sets and um, we used our construction people uh, um, and the people from Hope Architects to work with the city of Bloomington uh, to get the code approvals and things. I mean, that's not a very glamorous thing for probably most of your audience to hear, but that was the, one of the most difficult things was to get them to adjust the code for this kind of a development because it just hadn't been done on this kind of a scale. And we had all these very elaborate exit paths and distances and the way they figured out how to do the code was they figured it out was sort of like a skyscraper laid on its side and (laughs) all this kind of stuff trying to uh, adjust the code to make it to get this project to go through. Mm -hmm. Now it's fairly commonplace and they have you know, big shopping centers with entertainment areas uh, sort of spread across the world. But mm-hmm. um, again, we were like uh, at the very early beginning, there was Lottie World in Korea and there was Edmonton Mall in Canada. Right. Um, anyway, that's the short story of it. I designed something and then it gets redesigned and then rehabbed and then torn down and something else put in its place. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, uh, as you said earlier, Knott's did other theme park proposals. There's there's a lot on your site, such as uh, Knott's Landing Sacramento and Knott's Landing Indiana. Uh, can you talk about some of those ideas? I know they were right. also doing Branson. They, they thought they were going to do Branson as, Branson as well. Um, we drew, um, I mean, basically none of these really got beyond the concept phases of them, mm-hmm. but we worked with the, uh, the city of Sacramento and the city of Indiana, uh, Indianapolis and, uh, and Branson, Missouri, you know, get understanding what all those were, what was going to be. we also did some work in uh, Myrtle beach too, trying to do develop um, the real, they were all, kind of, they were all exciting projects to me because I always thought they were going to go forward. But, um, the, one of the difficulties was the Knott family did not want to invest their own money in it. And so it was always, we were on projects with using the Knott's name, uh, the Snoopy character, uh, or the the peanuts and um, the sweat equity of our design group. And that certainly got us in the door and we did a lot of talking, but it always came down to uh, um, our partners not really wanting to invest the amount of money that it took, if not family, wasn't going to invest some uh, money into it. Mm-hmm. And so most of it died on the vine. It was different with because much um, really relying on the entertainment component because that park was so big and it was um, I don't know whether it's still the biggest park or still the biggest mall in the country or not I don't keep up on that kind of stuff but at that time it was and they were deathly afraid they wouldn't be able to lease um, uh, the whole project mm-hmm. Uh, without having this 
and kind of because it kind of took them quite a while to get everything all settled and the spaces filled to be profitable. But um, the most of the other projects, whether it was in Indianapolis or Myrtle Beach or Sacramento, uh, we had lots of meetings with the city. Uh, we investigated various different sites. Did you know? Grading worked out the program we were going to put in. We were trying to leverage both uh, the Peanuts characters and the Ghost Town Knot's name and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it was certainly fun for um, my group and I to do all the drawings for, mm-hmm. but it just didn't fully go anywhere. Yeah. And you guys were going to do a Japan, China, Taiwan. Were those indoor parks? Um, no, they were outdoor. They were full, full on parks. Oh, wow. And, um, and, you know, I still have good relationship with a lot of those people that we worked with that time. It's just, um, all goes back to the financial kind of ramifications and not having uh, enough uh, investment from the mm-hmm. the family side. Right. Now, the Knott's master plan that is on your site, that was going to be an expansion of the entire Buena Park property uh, that had the spacewalk, the country walk, and the <coughs> rainforest center. Uh, can you right. talk about that? How did that come about and what was it going to be? Um, Terry Van Gorder, who was a real visionary and um, poet and everything else, uh, he was uh, uh, kind of a natural genius. Uh, he was at this point giving up on having the Knott family uh, invest in these outside projects. And he realized that the Knott's Berry Farm and all the surrounding parking lots and land was really suitable for development. I mean, there was a lot of land there and you could leverage that land and put a lot of different product on there and really drive it to be uh, more of a resort center than it it currently was. Um, So uh, Terry hired... uh, uh, my old boss from the Magic Mountain days, Tom Sutton, who is a really talented architect. And um, he and I and um, a landscape architect, who, uh, Dennis Kurtz, worked on how we would re, uh, redo nuts into the future. And you know, reach over towards the Buena Park Mall. It was on the other side, add some hotels um, and really drive uh, this whole park into the future, uh, developing, you know, parking garages so we could, uh, you know, sell off some of the land to leverage the money and all this other kind of stuff that's needed to drive these projects. And then when Terry presented it to the family, they looked at it and realized that they were indeed uh, had a very valuable property here. 
but at this point, the younger generation of the Knott family was um, really wanting to kind of cash in on this. The Knott, the older uh, members of the family, Marion and uh, Tony and uh, Russell, whatever, they they wanted to hold on to Knott's Berry Farm and run it into the future, whereas the younger generation wanted to leverage it and get the money out of it. And so instead of doing the development themselves and uh, following this vision, they uh, went out to various uh, other parks and developers uh, to see if they could um, sell this project to them or get the money from it. Uh, from this and everybody including Disney uh, looked at the property and um, Cedar Fair was the one that eventually came in with uh, the highest bid Mm -hmm. and so the Knott family decided that they would sell it Wow! now the master plan uh, can you talk about some of the ideas that you had in it and uh, some of your favorites because the, like stuff like the rainforest museum, right. the, yeah. The, my co-host and I were really bonkers about that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Again, a lot of this was driven by Terry's vision for the future. He mm-hmm. was worried um, uh, about the ecology. I don't think uh, it. It wasn't sort of like it was today. It was more about that the the trees were lands. Uh, uh, being lost across the thing. The air quality was really bad. Um, water sources were getting contaminated and all this stuff. And he wanted to uh, make a statement that would help preserve things like the rainforest in the Amazon and things like that. And so he thought that if we could do some attraction that would uh, be educational and interactive, that that would have uh, a tremendous draw and then help with it. It wasn't so much the worrying about the climate as we're doing now. It was really just more about the, uh, the toll that humans were doing on the planet because they just weren't paying attention to the animals and the trees and uh, the water and that kind of stuff. And, so, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, um, so we tried to make... Uh, an environment on multiple levels where you could go up through the the jungle into you know the up vertically and then have attractions down on the ground various animals through there and then suspension bridges across and zip lines and things that were you know almost like a resort down in Cabo San Lucas or something <laughs> yeah. uh, and having water run through it and fish in the streams. And we thought that would be a good anchor um, for it and would be a good attraction because we were also at that time looking at putting hotels on that side of the, the street going through there. And um, we were having theaters and other kinds of things over there. So we wanted something that wasn't um, high theme park on that side so that the theme park attractions and the more active and visceral kinds of attractions were on the park side of the road and then on the Independence Hall side that that side was um, 
a little bit more kind of what downtown Disney turned out to be, you know, lots of um, stores and retails and theaters, that kind of stuff. And the rainforest felt like a good attraction along with that. And uh, the spacewalk area, that uh, that entire little uh, expansion to the park itself. Uh, can you talk about uh, that and how that was going to be? Well, it was it was kind of more of uh, the philosophy that uh, again Terry was sort of preaching is that we're all you know we're just on a small planet floating through the universe, mm-hmm. and um, he was very big on education. We were talking about, you know, reaching for the stars and that kind of stuff. And I started drawing these big ellipses and circles and like planets to sort of organize an area where we could do some space themes because, you know, the various attractions uh, like um, um, NASA was doing in collaboration with various other designers where they were featuring their rockets were proving to be quite popular at that time. And so we decided to do um, um, this big area that had various attractions and just theme them all towards space um, as a different theme. California, California was the main theme of Knott's Berry Farm through the years. And he was trying to stretch that with going towards the rainforest and going towards space. Um, and um, it just seemed like a, a fun, attractive way to retheme a bunch of areas. I'd worked on a roller coaster concept for um, the boardwalk, which was like Race to Saturn, where we were theming the buildings as a big Saturn and various planets and dark ride kinds of experiences going through that. And it never really went anywhere. We did lots of different concepts for that race to Atlantis with one on or going underneath the ground into a dark ride and then coming back out, that kind of stuff. And I like the architecture of that and that I brought that over into this kind of space park by doing these big dome buildings and things like that. Very cool. All right. uh, So moving away from knots, uh, what are your favorite unbuilt projects? A lot of things that you worked on, but uh, never actually got made <laughs> well uh <laughs> that's um i was spoiled when i worked at knott's berry farm because about 90 percent of the things that i drew got built <laughs> and now it's i'm lucky if i get 10 percent of the stuff i draw <laughs> built i've done probably i don't want to exaggerate but i've probably done 10 theme park designs, if not more, that are sitting in drawers and have never gotten built. So I have I have lots of kinds of favorite attractions that never went anywhere. Most of them are in China, but um, one, one project in the Middle East was a, just a massive project in uh, Dubai that um, I think eventually Universal... Uh, open one of the, one of the lands uh, as a park but um, I was working for Edo at that time and we did this project that had seven parks wow. in one 
you know, one was like an Animal Kingdom park, one was a thrill ride, Six Flags type park, one was a movie park which became Universal, and then there was a local um, uh, local animation company that had cartoons on the television, so we had a cartoon land based on their stuff. I mean, um, that was all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, one of my favorite projects that did get built was um, Ocean Park in Hong Kong. Mm. And I did a $700 million um, master plan of, of that park, and they built most of it. Oh, wow. Um, but I, just, I really just did the planning for it and the grading, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm quite proud of. Uh, <laughs> it's a very difficult site. Um, but the attraction, since they had other architects do it, the Cunningham Group and um, several other firms worked on different parts of the project. But the, the master plan was done uh, with myself and Vertex, um, mm -hmm. which was a company with Philip Vaughn and Drone Iyengar that I worked uh, with after I um, kind of left knots I was with a couple of different groups. Mm -hmm. One was Green Hall and one was uh, Vertex Productions mm -hmm. out of uh, Altadena. And we did this whole master plan for them and it got approved by um, um, Hong Kong uh, government and uh, they acquired the money for it, building it, and it's still ongoing on different parts of it. Mm -hmm. They've added a huge water park lately. They've got the MTR joining to it. So all of the stuff that we've uh, originally concepted actually came to fruition. So mm -hmm. uh, though I only did a very early concept and master plan on it. Mm -hmm. There is one uh, in your profile on your page, which your website is amazing, by the way. Uh, you could just, it's a like an hours long sync of just going through all those designs. It's, it's just amazing. It's just a, uh, a drawing <laughs> dump. I don't, I on purpose don't edit it because I probably wouldn't have anything on it if I edited it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a Jules Verne theme park, which is very fascinating. Can you just talk about that for just a second? Sure. Um, well, that was, that was kind of a funny one. Um, I was working with uh, Bob Rogers uh, of the BRC Imagination Arts, and um, he had an idea to do a park based on Jules Verne. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the sum total of it. And he talked to me about it asked me to draw some, you know, draw up a, a plan of something that he could take to IAPA with him. Mm -hmm. And it was just uh, me putting a bunch of what I read of Jules Verne down on a <laughs> piece of paper. And I got kind of excited about it. And I was only hired to do this little plan, but then I also decided I'd do a bird's eye of it and and we talked uh, quite a bit back and forth about what the different kinds of attractions would be once thing was laid out. But again, it, it didn't go anywhere. It's like a thousand other projects that are sitting in on computer files or in drawers on 
crumbling paper. <laughs> oh, it's so many are them so good. It's like a W a Warner Brothers New York theme park. Is that correct? Yeah, there was a <laughs> there was there were some things like that. There was a uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. I've done a couple of things for Warner Brothers over the years. Uh-huh. He did a Spain a Madrid one, right? Oh yeah, that was uh, that got built. Yeah. Um, I kind of forget the ones that get built too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That one was a very interesting one because Larry Wyatt, who's now working at Paramount, did the original design for that. Mm -hmm. And then I was hired uh, by Larry to come in and do the rides with uh, my partner at the time, Bruce Green. And so we did all of the kind of basic you know, flat ride design and cues and that kind of stuff for it. And um, Warner Brothers decided they just didn't want to do the park, as, as I understand it. And um, Six Flags took it over. Mm-hmm. And there was a um, Larry Wyatt and the Six Flags people um couldn't come to agreement on what to uh, the direction of the park and so Larry Wyatt left and I knew all the people at Six Flags because I had grown up at Magic Mountain which became a Six Flags park Right. and uh, so then I was put in charge of finishing the project and putting in more rides because Six Flags is traditionally a ride park and they were inheriting a movie park. And um, I liked what Larry was doing and his vision for uh, um, the movie park. And I also understood the Six Flags thing. So um, I was just uh, put in charge of the project to finish it. All right. Uh, now, what, what recently have you been working on? I've been working on uh, Paramount Parks in China, Nickelodeon properties and things like mm-hmm. that. Oh. Most of those projects are, you know, over a billion dollars and and beyond. And I'm working with uh, two different companies for that. Um, Hetzel Design Group, uh, which Brandy Hetzel is a very talented uh, designer who does a lot of... Uh, planning for Paramount and uh, Backpack Design, which uh, does a lot of uh, technical and nuts and bolts design for projects. So uh, those two companies hire me and I work for uh, the the product that I produce is for the Paramount Parks. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, before we wrap up, uh, is there anything you would like to plug? (laughs) Um. Well, um, I would just uh, like to say that, no, there's nothing really that I want to uh, plug or market Mm -hmm. uh, to uh, any uh, designers out there. I would just say uh, the way I have built my career is just draw every day. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a lot of great mentors and people that, uh, thought I could do things that I didn't think I could do, but I would just sit down at the table and try and do them and make them work. And 
eventually I got better at it. <laughs> okay, and well. Now, now I'm so, so old that I'm relatively good at it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Robin, thank you so much uh, for uh, spending some of your time with us. Uh, once again, you can check out his site, uh, robinhall.com, for a lot of his designs. Um, and we uh, will um, thank you so much for being here on Unbuilt. Yeah, the only other thing is it's Robin S. Hall. S. Hall. S. Hall. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. All right. Thank you very much. You have a great day. Once again, we'd like to thank Robin S. Hall for coming with us uh, to explore the unbuilt attractions that he had designed. So, in the meantime, please follow us on social media on Twitter at UnbuiltPod. You can reach me at Open Mother's Mail and Ryan Dorman at Open the Dorman. Feel free to email us at, at UnbuiltPod at gmail.com and rate us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Anchor, or wherever you find this podcast. Please write a review and tell us how we're doing. And if you don't like us, thank you for listening to Theme Park Talk. I'm Alexander Bush. We'll see you here next time.